Here we go. It's time for Scoony G's Daily Dose Podcast. Come on, y'all. Turn up. Who's with me? Yeah, come on, come on. On today's episode, we have Lori Tucker is in the house. Here we go. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, here we go. Here we go. I love this song. Rick James in the house, Lucy. Another Scoony G's Daily Dose Podcast. I think I need a dance partner. Can I get a dance partner up here? I got a really cool dance partner. Not only a dance partner, but you've seen her in some of your most iconic videos in the world. Let me introduce you to my friend, Lori Tucker's in the house. It's so good to see you. So good to see you too. Thank you so much. Have a seat. There we go. Wow. Dance it out. Got to do Dance that. Dance it out. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. Thank you. So good to be here. It's so good to see you. You too. Wow. Yeah. So. We already gave you an introduction, Lori Tucker. <laughs> I already pushed you. Tell me a little bit about Lori Tucker. Where are you from? Um, I am actually uh, a, a Valley girl. So I was born and raised in the San Fernando Valley here in the greater Los Angeles area. <laughs> born in Northridge Hospital. Um, I'm one of nine kids, so I have six brothers and two sisters. That's a big family. It's a big one. I'm number six. So my, my parents had five kids and then five years and then they got amnesia forgot they had five kids and had four more so i'm i'm in the second set in the amnesia stage so that means your parents had to be hard workers because to raise that many kids you can't be lazy could you imagine that now wow now i have three the third put me over the edge and i stayed there wow so yeah well congratulations on that absolutely yes. and I'm so over the edge. You know what? I know it's very easy for me to just jump right into the iconic videos, right? That's what usually, uh, you know, I watch some of your other podcasts. Okay. And that's what they Fair. go straight to. We're going to... I gonna watched yours. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know. We're going to save it. Okay. So why don't you take me back to that kid that grew up in the Valley. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. Let's get there. Well, uh, as I said... I was born in Northridge Hospital, and uh, because we had such a big family, we would move into a house and kind of destroy it, and then move into another house, destroy that, and then an apartment. <laughs> they never knew we had 11 people in the apartment. So it was a lot of, yeah. 
Um, and, you know, just the great thing about it was we did not have a lot of money. And in that, I mean that if you have no money, you had more than us kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Um, but we had a lot of love, and uh, my parents were, were awesome, and they did. They worked their butts off. But we had, it was great having that many brothers and sisters, and my mom and dad loved different kind of music, and my, each, every bedroom in the house, or every room in the house had different music coming out of it. Wow. And for me, that was, you know, such a, a great thing, being, you know, just hearing everything, and not just one, one genre. So, so we have that in common, too. So same, kind of very similar to me. I had two parents, grew up, uh, two brothers and two sisters. Okay. And my dad was a big jazz enthusiast and loved listening to Mine jazz. Mine, too. And then my mom, she was more R&B. But, you know, the first time I heard the Beatles was in my home. So the sight of my parents to give us that kind of rounded approach to different genres of music, I think really helped us as we grew up. So there's your childhood, right? Take me through your teen years, the good yeah. old teen years when the so, hormones kick in. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, you know, uh, basically my teen years were the 70s. Okay. That's telling on myself, but my teen years were the 70s. So we're in the over 50 club. Like, <laughs> we we like to call the, it the we over 50 club. We're in the over 50 club. We're in the over 50 club. Yes, we are. Yes. <laughs> okay. And it's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. It's I, an exclusive I, club. We've done all that. And done, been there, done that. Onward and upward, right? There you go. And you look yeah. great, by the way, Thank for being in that club. Same. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. He's just walking around making us, the rest of us look bad. Singing, dancing, oh podcasting. Gosh playing instruments and oh, everything, gosh. but you know, you're a hard act to follow. Uh, but yeah, so I uh, grew up, you know, my teens were in the 70s, okay. and I started modeling. Um, there was, um, do you remember Montgomery Ward's show, uh, stores? Yes, absolutely. Okay. They used to call Monkey Wards, and Wards. there was one, I'd take the bus, everybody, we took buses, we didn't, you know, have our parents dropping us off at all, like I did with my kids. So we'd take the bus down in Montgomery Wards, and they had a little club called the Paysetter Club. And you could, for $13 or 12 something like that, you could join it. And there was a girl named Wendy Ward. Well, she wasn't really her name, but that was the, the, the name. And then you would do these little classes, like how to sit and this. And they taught us tea room modeling. And then we would do um, tea room modeling in the cafeteria of Montgomery Wards and things like that. And then they had a girl of the month uh, contest. And I won and became Miss June. And at the end of the year, they would have a girl of the year. And I didn't win the first year. Um, first year was my friend April, who ended up being a, a DJ on KROQ later. <laughs> so did you catch that, what she said? I just caught something. She said, I didn't win the first year. Did you quit? No, I went back. <laughs> there you go. I, I think it was Miss July the next year. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I won. But through that, they would, um, you know, the photographers would show up. And they'd have some little celebrity um, judges, sometimes from a radio station or an actor or an actress, something like that, that they could get to come out. So I started doing testings with some photographers and what would be, they would get some pictures for their book and I would get some pictures for my book. And when I turned 17, I got a, an agent. I went in. Wow. An so that's a good span of time. Yes. And what I'm gathering out of that is that, would you say that the bug kind of the modeling bug bit you from that point at the beginning there at the Montgomery Wards? Um, yes. Okay. So she was bitten by the bug. Yeah. And it didn't happen right away. No, and I was, you know, I was, 
I didn't grow into myself yet when I was 15. And you know, I, I started that when I was like 13. Okay. So 13, 14, 15, I, I was tall and super skinny and had to grow into my feet and my nose. And <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't think I was going to be a model or think I could really, you know. Wow. But I did want to be an actress. My dad had been an actor when he came to Hollywood in the 40s and was a singer a little bit. So he had uh, sent my brother and I, my younger brother, to Lee Strasberg's Theater Institute when I was about 15 and a half. Right down the road. Right down the road. And Here in Hollywood. And we would take the bus for two and a half hours to get from wherever we lived at the time in, in there. But it was an amazing experience um, that people like um, Gene Kelly came and spoke. And, wow. you know, all kinds of great people would come on Monday nights. I don't know what my parents were thinking because we did have no money and uh, we couldn't afford it after a couple of months. So I went to my teacher there and said, I, I'm sorry, you know, we can't come anymore. And she said, no, wait, I'm going to talk to some people. And she called my dad and um, said they were going to put us on scholarship. So awesome. that was really wonderful. And, and let me just tell you why they did that. And I don't even know these people. <laughs> they can tell by your energy because I can tell by your energy. Something is going to happen with this student that we have. It's not about the money. It's about the perseverance that you had, the two and a half hour trek to get there, right? Yes. And you're just, and you probably came in, you probably weren't complaining, you probably came in with a big smile. So perseverance, attitude, play a big part in this entertainment business. Okay, sorry. Well, I hope so. Thank you. I I, yeah, at the time, I was just shocked and overwhelmed, and they had us help with the um, kids. I was only 15, and they had me help with the kids' um, classes. So uh, I would guide them in improv and things like that, and one of the students was a tall, lanky girl, like much like myself, with a short bowl cut, and turned out to be Laura Dern. <laughs> wow. So she was about 10 at the time, I think, 10 or 11. Um, and, um, you know, we, like I said, we didn't have a lot of money, but my dad would give us enough money to go a couple doors down to the pizza place. And there was a kid, and, you know, get a couple pieces of pizza and a soda to split. And there was a kid, Jason, and he would always go with us. He never had any money. So we would split, divvy up our two pieces of pizza and keep, you know, getting drinks. And one day we were walking down the stairs, my brother and I and Jason, and standing on the stoop talking, and a, a Rolls Royce pulls up. And with a driver and he goes, oh, hey, that's my ride, I gotta go. <laughs> so he ran downstairs and uh, the driver opened the door for him and he got in and it was ended up Jason Bronson, Charles Bronson's kid. Wow, and yeah. you guys are buying slices of pizza for him. And we continued to. <laughs> yeah. His dad didn't send him with any money or at least any he was willing to give up. That's you know, a so. great story. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we have that time period. We're yes. gonna go through this thing here. So. From the Lee Strasberg, yes, is that where you kind of would say you got discovered, or um, I would say um, once I got an agent when I was seventeen, the uh, uh, agent from Paris came and wanted me to come to Paris and for January, and it was it was getting to be December, and I wanted to be home for Christmas, so. Uh, I have a big family, and that's a big, important time for family me. Family first. Yes. And uh, so I went in January 5th with a footlocker full of all the wrong clothes because uh, it's hot here in January, and it was about 30 degrees <laughs> and 20-something degrees in Paris. So I had to wait till my first paycheck and my first job to get some clothes and a jacket that was right, you know? Wow. But and my, how cool yeah. was that that your parents 
let you do that. Can I tell you how much I went with? How much? $40. $40. But the agency talked to my parents and promised them that, and of course it was through my agent here, so it was legitimate, and promised them that I would be taken care of, my rent would be paid, I would be fed, and they would give me money until I started working, and then the agency would start to take the money back. So it's like a per diem. It's like a $40 yeah. per diem. So, yeah, and you know, and in the agency apartment, they wouldn't let us call out because they knew, you know, teenagers coming yeah, from America be, are going to just call mom yeah. and dad every day right, and exactly. charge up. So if we wanted to call collect, we'd have to go around the corner to the post office and they had a big wooden booth to call collect. Amazing. So but you could take incoming calls. But you could take incoming calls. Yeah, because that other person's paying for right. it at that point. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's so. amazing. So you went to Paris yeah. and uh, started doing the modeling thing. Yes. Right? And so that probably probably did that for a little while, too. What yes. would you say? One of the Give me a highlight of what happened with you in Paris. Uh, first trip I got, which was uh, to the French Alps in Les Deux Alps for Auditas. Um, it, I, I'm, freezing. I, I'm freezing below 85 here, if it drops below 85. So that was a little bit of a shocker, but it was amazing to be flying in a little plane between the Alps. Check this yeah. out. <laughs> Come on crazy. now. 17, 18 year olds like myself, we're in our neighborhood going to the <laughs> local swimming pool. You know? That was me prior to that. With, with, with our friends and going, yeah, yeah, this is great, right? Yeah. This young lady, is in this Paris in the Alps. <laughs> and then the, and then God made up for it. And my next trip was to the Maldive Islands, which I have to say was the absolute, my favorite trip ever. And the favorite place I ever went um, was in, you know, south of, of Sri Lanka and Ceylon, Colombo. And uh, it was just a group of islands. And it took 24 hours to get there, like three airplanes, uh, 115 solid hour trip and a couple other trips. And then a boat, <laughs> a canoe boat almost. Wow. And we did it for a bathing suit company called Eminence. And we spent a week there, and it was amazing. Just, you were on an island in the middle of the water, you know. And I just, just got a visual of that. It just it's seeing beautiful. you uh, doing that. Um, what a great experience at such really a young was. age. Re really, really a blessing to be able to do. And I think as a model, especially as a young person, to not be able to not only afford those kinds of trips, they sent you to places you would never pick. You know, we're here, we'd go to Mexico. You know, we're here, we go to Hawaii. So there, you know, you'd be in Sardinia, Italy. You'd be in the Baden-Baden in the Black Forest. You'd be in Tokyo, you know? So they send you to some really unique places that you may never have a chance to go to. Can you just give me an idea, when you were there, if you could remember, what was your mindset? Were you, were you like, were you scared or were you more like thankful that you were in these positions? What, what was your mindset? Uh, I think a, a combination of everything, but the fact that I got to go and I was, you know, my dad taught me to be very professional. He taught me to shake hands with everybody. He told me that work comes in cycles. So if, it, if you don't work a little bit, don't worry, it's gonna come back around. And to treat it as a business and not a lifestyle. You know, I didn't go to Paris to party. I, I did. I go dancing all night. Some yeah, sometimes, but I didn't. You know, wasn't party. the focus. Yeah, it wasn't the focus, and um, it, it was a job to me, and it was a way to make money. And to when you go to Europe, they have amazing magazines, amazing photographers. So you get the pictures from those in the hopes to come back to America and work and make money. 
because here's where the money is. <laughs> so that already probably separated you from the majority. Nothing against models and, and people in the entertainment industry. But it's a very tempting yes. business to be in because people want to offer you this and they want to mm -hmm. offer you that. You're a beautiful yeah. woman. They want to do this and they want to do that. So it's really hard to keep that focus. The part that I got out of you is that your dad. Mm -hmm. Your dad instilled that in you to work yep. hard yep. and do the right thing. And that carried with you. And so God bless your dad for, for teaching yeah, you that. my mom and dad were very supportive. And I think, you know, when I was going on all my interviews here in, in Los Angeles before going, um, I didn't, you, you know, we had several cars in our backyard that were in several different levels of, of working order. <laughs> so I would take a Pinto that I needed to put oil in every two, you know, two miles. <laughs> oil would just go out. I had a 1960 Dodge van that he had back there that I would have to primer with gasoline in the front of the car. You'd lift it between the seats. And wow. <laughs> so after, and I would lug one of my little brothers and sisters with me down to Los Angeles or down to Santa Monica. We call that building character. That building character. And so I was so grateful. I knew that when I went, you know, I had to do the best that I could and be grateful to just not have to do that when I came back, hopefully. And you know, make money to have a car and, 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 and do my job. Because I did have a drive shaft fall out on the 405 once wow. of that 1960s Dodge van when I got back from Paris before I got a car. <laughs> yeah. <That laughs> no cell phones. No cell phones and, and, and drive shafts dropping out of cars. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a, that's a good one. And imagine the person that came to help her, they were probably like, what the heck? It was finally the police <laughs> oh, <laughs> that pulled wow. up behind me. I was in the fast lane. Heading to an interview for a client from Paris that was doing um, a jeans com a jeans commercial on roller skates, which I ended up getting. I, I don't know how, because I was late. <laughs> Dude, if I was if I was in the seat of interviewing people for jobs, and you walked in, I would be like, "That's the one right there." Yeah, because they can really tell by the energy that you have. You you have a you have a very centered type of energy so people know that that's going to translate when they're filming you and it's going to help sell their product because basically that's what you're doing you're you are selling a product you're selling absolutely. a product and you're a part of that yourself you are, and you are a reflection of them when absolutely you're, yeah. absolutely yes so congratulations on so now you. you're in your adult years yes <laughs> So I lived there a year. I came back uh, for about a year and a half here. I uh, was able to do a couple things and get my Screen Actors Guild card around the 2021 mark. Uh, then I went back to Europe. An agent in Italy wanted me to go back. So I ended up spending two and a half years. I just I was in Milano for about 10 months, uh, Munich a year, Hamburg six months, a few months in Zurich, and of course doing some shows and things in Paris back and forth because I did do runway as well. I just quit my job. She's talking about all of this stuff, and that's amazing. You're traveling like that. Yeah, but you know what was so fun is a lot of the New York models would come in for Fashion Week in Paris and Milan. So I got to walk the runway with Iman. Wow. You know, and, you know, all the models, you know, the big models at the time would, would come out, and then all the runway models. And I always equated the runway models were very much like the theater actresses. And the print models were more like television actresses, okay. you know? Rate my runway model. <laughs>
have a kind of a strut that they do, right? He's got did you the learn move. You want to Did you have to learn that strut? Did you yeah, have to learn that thing? Yeah, a little thing? bit. Just watching, you know. You can't dance. Right. You know, I think a lot of girls, I've seen them go out and they, they want to. Right, right. Designers don't want you to go up there yeah, and yeah, bop no. around, you no, know. No, but they want you to so look So they cool. want you to look straight. And we yeah. could call one of them's kind of the horse walk. Horse walk. So it's very. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. She got it. Damn. Hired. <laughs> you got the job. <laughs> I my knees, though. <laughs> That's great. So you did that in your adult years. So, yeah, I got to do some fun runway and okay. then came back and pretty much concentrated. I was still modeling, of course, and then I uh, started doing commercials more and more commercials, which I love to Scooney G's Daily Dose Podcast. Come on, y'all. Turn up. Who's with me? Uh. Yeah. Come on. Come on. 